With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yay Networks. Welcome to Courtney Beyond the Cake. Stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy. Much like cake. Hi friends. Hard to believe summer is nearly over. We're getting ready for school to start in just a few days, and I feel like I'm playing a lot of catch-up after some fun summer vacations we've had as a family. This week's episode is a replay of one of your favorite episodes. It's one of the most listened to episodes, and it's a personal favorite. If you haven't listened to Brooke Romney's episode, you're in for a treat. And if you have, I have no doubt you'll pick up on something new this time around. It's just that good. Brooke Romney is a writer, speaker, educator, and connector. Her work has been published in the Washington Post, the Desert News, Scary Mommy, and many more publications read by millions. Brooke is also well-known for her blog and Instagram accounts, brookromneywrites.com, where she hosts Teen Talk Tuesday and writes avidly about motherhood, among many other topics. Brooke recently published her first book, I Like Me Anyway, Embracing Imperfection, Connection, and Christ. Having read this book myself, friends, I can tell you it's a must read for any woman, particularly if you've ever questioned your self-worth, your path, or your importance. Through her personal stories, life lessons, and inspiring words, Brooke hopes to motivate you and give you the tools you need to become the woman you were always meant to be. When Brooke isn't writing or mothering to four boys, Brooke loves to read, volunteer in the schools, and go on walks with her friends. Meaningful connection with family, friends, strangers, and God is central to Brooke's life and where she says she finds purpose and joy. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Courtney Beyond the Cake. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Brooke Romney. Uh, Brooke, you just wrote a book. It just launched. We are going to dive into it. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Courtney. Thanks for having me. Your new book is called I Like Me Anyway. And we're going to dive into so much of it. I loved it. Loved it. I want every woman and teen and all the people to read it. Let's back up a little bit. And I'd love to know a little bit of your background and kind of what led up to writing this book. So I have always been a writer, um, mostly just on my own time. I did major in English. And then um, in my younger years, I wrote on Capitol Hill a little bit and then I worked for a newspaper for a minute. And then um, when we moved to Michigan, I thought of starting a blog, Um, more of like a mommy blog, telling people where to go. And they didn't really have one in Michigan. And so I thought I was going to do that. And then we moved from Michigan. So all of a sudden, all those recommendations that I was making for Michigan didn't feel quite as relevant. And so I decided um, for the first time to write something that was actually from my heart. And I wrote an article titled, Why We're Taking the Fun Out of Life. And I was so nervous. I'd never written anything that kind of bore my soul. And it took me like five days to hit the publish button. And when I hit the publish button, it was way more successful than anything I'd done recommending a fun park or destination in Michigan. And all of a sudden I thought, you know what? I think I'm ready to write things that matter. And so I, I did that. That was probably 
seven years ago. And since then, I've just been writing from my heart about five years ago, I started an Instagram and doing it a little bit more regularly, but yeah, that's kind of my writing background. Okay. That's really interesting to know. I didn't know that about that first article. So that was just on your blog that you had been writing on. Tell me a little bit more about that article. So that article, um, I have four boys and my oldest at the time was probably, I think he was probably in fifth grade. And every time he would say a prayer, he would be like, thanks so much for letting us have a fun day and please help us have a fun day tomorrow. And, and then anytime he would come home from something, I would say, how was it? And he's like, it wasn't fun. And I just was getting so tired of him thinking that the only outcome of life was supposed to be fun. (laughs) And so I wrote an article about it talking about how not everything needs to be fun and we can choose to make things fun. Um, but you know, if you go to piano and it wasn't fun, that's okay. Yeah. The purpose of going to piano is not to have fun. It's to learn. Yeah. Um, sometimes school is fun and sometimes it's not, and that's okay. Sometimes it's a learning day or a working day and sometimes weeding, well, actually never weeding is (laughs) fun. No, I don't even like it. But those are things that we just have to get done. And so I was really working on helping my kids change their perspective as to what purpose meant. Mm -hmm. And so at the end, there were these questions to say, like, did you learn? Instead of asking my kids, did you have fun today? I, did you learn something? Did you make a new friend? Um, and so that article actually was picked up by a bunch of newspapers and um, was fairly viral back in the day when things used to go viral a little easier. And um, and so that was kind of the beginning. And then after that, I just thought, you know what? I have some things to share yeah. in my heart. Yeah. And you've shared a lot over the years since writing that first article. Your yeah. topics vary. Tell us a little bit about the types of things you have been writing about. Um, so I now have three teenage boys. And so I write a lot about parenting teens. Um, Every Tuesday, we do a Teen Talk Tuesday that brings something that's relevant to the table that you can talk to your kids about. I found that as my kids were getting older, um, our conversations were lacking. Um, We were having the same conversation every day and they weren't all that interested in engaging in that conversation about how's your day? Who did you eat lunch with? Yeah. What's the plan for tomorrow? How's your homework? It felt more like an interrogation. And so I decided that as a family, we needed to have more conversations together. So I do the Teen Talk Tuesday. I write a lot about um, parenting in general, motherhood, boys, um, basically anything that comes. I wish I was a little bit more focused, but whatever I'm feeling is is what I write. Yeah. Well, I I remember you telling me a little while ago that you were working on a book and I kind of expected it to be about parenting and boys specifically because that's what, you know, I had known you for, but you did something a little bit different and the book is called I Like Me Anyway. And it's about being less than perfect and being perfectly okay with that. I love that phrase that you use, you know, embracing our imperfections, making connections. And then there's some talk about Christ and our relationship with Christ. So why, or maybe what led to this topic versus some of the other things you've been writing about? Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting to me that that was the book that I wanted to write first. And I think mostly it was because I think it's really hard for people in general to be successful in those other things unless they are centered in themselves and in connections and in Christ. And so I thought before I go about giving advice for parenting or boys or anything like that, it's really important that we all have a center first, and then we can start working outward. Yeah. So who is this book for? Who did you write it for? This book was all the things I wish someone had told me seven, five, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, My life hasn't always been perfect or easy. And I think sometimes when it wasn't, 
I thought there was something wrong with me or I wasn't working hard enough or if we would have just done this and that can be a really defeating way to think and to live mm-hmm. and to parent. And so basically everything in this book was what I wish someone had been able to tell me when I was going through those times that were less than perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that each chapter ends with questions. Like your very first article, it gets you thinking about what you had just written and what we were reading as readers and okay, how do I apply this in my life? Have I been thinking this way? Am I stuck in this spiral? And so anyway, it's a kind of an interactive book. And I really loved having a pencil while I read it so I could highlight parts in the book and then also answer the questions towards the end. Thank you. I um, So I don't love self-help books. Those are not the books that I generally am, gra- that I gravitate yeah. toward. Um, I'm a fiction reader. And so it was really important to me to write a book that was engaging, that wasn't boring, that you didn't just put down after a couple of chapters. And so most of the book is story-based. Yeah. And, but what I love about stories is their allegories. And mm-hmm. you can learn something from my story that someone else doesn't learn because it applies to you. And then I think the questions at the end, um, I don't want us to waste our, I'm so careful about wasting our time. Um, we have so little time and attention to give to things. And so if you're going to read a book, I hope that you become better because of it. And so those exercises at the end were to allow people to get personal and to kind of like fill their own inspiration for their own life and then be able to say, how could I apply that? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think some people do shy away from self-help books, but I do Mm -hmm. love that every chapter there were not just one story, but multiple stories. And that felt very relatable. So you get this feeling of like, oh, Brooke and I are talking together and she's not talking at me. Like maybe we get the sense with a lot of self-help books, right? Well, and I just... So often, I mean, there are some really great self-help books, but sometimes in a self-help book, I almost feel like reprimanded or scolded, or I end the book thinking, wow, like I don't feel uplifted and motivated. I feel like, well, if I just made my bed every morning, then my life would be a heck of a lot better. And why can't I just get up earlier and make my bed, you know? And I don't think that that's necessarily helpful. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted a book that would allow women to understand individually where they could change, improve, but then also give themselves credit for how great they already are. So both. Yeah. Uh, I'm eager for everyone to read this book. Let's give them just a little sprinkle of of flavor of what what your book is all about. Um, One of the themes that just stood out to me kind of for the whole book was this idea of finding and discovering our self-worth and how important that is. So tell us a little bit about what is self-worth? What do you mean by that when you're talking about it? And how do we discover that in ourselves? Well, it was really, it was really interesting growing up. Um, I did well in school and kind of excelled in those types of things. I was a dancer and did well in that. And then um, when I became a mom, I realized none of my talents really translated to motherhood, you know? And so all of a sudden I'd, I'd received all of these accolades and felt like I was great because of all the things I'd done. And then all of a sudden I'm a mom and I'm not good at keeping my house clean and I wasn't a great cook and I didn't have any, you know, experience in parenting. And, and so it felt really overwhelming. And I just, I watched all these other women be awesome at so many things, like people who never had a crumb on their floor. And I mean, we all had the same age kids and I'm like, how do you do that? And then it was finally, like, I was able to realize how important it is that we all are so different and varied and that we have so much to bring to the table and to the world. And so I feel like as we understand ourselves better and as we start to like ourselves, despite our imperfections or without comparing to someone else, like it really empowers us to be the people that we're supposed to be. Yeah. And, 
and it's a long process oh, yeah. and, and it, you know, it vacillates. Um, but I think like when we're in our best self is when we're understanding who we are and who we're meant to be. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like that's easier said than done. Totally. So where do we start? Like, where do we start figuring out? Like, what do you say to the woman who says, I don't have any talents or gifts? Like, you know, where do you go yes. from there? So, um, one of the things that, and I think one of the, um, the exercises in the book says, write down, like, what do you like? What are you passionate about? What excites you? Because I think sometimes we think in order to say it's a talent, we have to be the best person at it. So because someone doesn't make cakes like Courtney, <laughs> it means she's not a baker. Well, that's absolutely untrue. Yep. And um, there was a time in my life where I chose to learn from people instead of compare myself to them. And I, it was incredible at what happened. And the cool thing was, is I was never better than any of them. Yeah. Like my friend that helped me decorate, I was never a better decorator than she was, but I had a talent for decorating. I was developing that. My house still doesn't look awesome, but I, I've learned. And I would say, yeah. you know, like I feel pretty comfortable with this. And I had never made like homemade cinnamon rolls, but I learned how, and now I can do it. Mine don't taste as good as Karen Lee's, but you know what? <laughs> I can make a homemade cinnamon yeah. roll if I want. And just just allowing yourself to explore what you like, what excites you. And sometimes that process takes a little bit, especially if you've been in a little bit of a rut or if your whole life has been either work or kids. Sometimes you're like, I don't really have talents, but you just have to remember that talents aren't compared to someone else. There's a million great cake makers that are not cake by Courtney, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think just like kind of following that, oh, I like this. It made me feel good when I did this activity, right? Yeah. And maybe trying a lot of different things. I yes. tried crafting. I am the worst crafter. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I actually just don't like it. I yeah. start a project and I would paint frames for Weston's room when he was little. Yeah. And I would get halfway through my design. I'm like, I hate this. This is awful. And I would stop and I didn't like it. That was not going to be my talent. Right. Right. Like I was, and I, you know, thinking, as you said, we think it's something that we have to be the best at. I always felt like, okay, I can't sing. And I really can't, I can't carry a tune. It's okay that I don't have that talent, but I yes. viewed like that kind of talent as a talent and yes. not at a younger age, some of the other things I enjoyed, you know? Well, and that is so important because we have this list of what a talent is. Yeah. And I realized, so when I was in Arizona and there were all these young moms who mm -hmm. were so good at so many things, you know, one day I realized, you know what? I'm really good at talking to people. And that's a talent. Yes. Like I'm good at gathering people and that's a talent. And I could really embrace those things and I could learn from my decorating friends and I could learn from my cooking friends and my baking friends. And then they could benefit from my talent as I sent texts for everybody to come to the park or as I sat next to them on a park bench to hear about their day. Um, and sometimes it's just acknowledging those things that you really are good at, even if it doesn't look like an official talent. Yeah. Lots more to hear from Brooke right after this. With 2020 coming to an end, I'm starting to plan out my goals for the new year, one of which is strengthening my mental health. Having dealt with anxiety and depression since I was 19, managing my mental health is just as important to me as my physical health. One of the things I found helpful on my mental health journey has been counseling. Being able to talk to a licensed professional about what I'm going through throughout the last 16 years has been incredibly beneficial. I know that during this time, it may be a little harder to seek professional help. And that's why I want you to know about betterhelp.com. BetterHelp is a professional counseling online resource dedicated to providing you with the best 
licensed professional to help you with your needs, whatever they may be, depression, stress, trauma, relationships, self-esteem, family conflicts, and so much more. Of course, anything you share is completely confidential. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling and more convenient with no in-office visits. Start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash beyondcake. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash beyondcake. Well, I feel, and maybe this is just for me, but I'm, I'm thinking it probably applies to many men and women out there is so social media becomes a bit of a distraction and distracts us from what we are good at because we start to see what other people are good at. And then we're thinking, well, gosh, Brooke is so good at writing and I'm not good at writing, but I'm, you know, I've completely lost sight of what I'm actually good at or what I can do. What are some tips or how do we kind of do the work around? Because I love social media. It's used for so many good things. Like I discovered you and so many other people that I learn from every single day and that fill my life with so much light and knowledge that I'm so grateful for. But it can also bring on that distraction and the noise that takes me away from the focus of the good and the light. So how do we balance that and what are we to do? So I think it's really important to just understand where you're at personally. So there was a time in my life where money was so, so tight and I'm following all of these social media accounts that are promoting a new product and they're promoting buying and spending and deals. And then they're promoting beautiful home decor and there's nothing wrong with those accounts and they serve an awesome purpose. But I knew that where I was, all that was doing was making me feel sad about my life. I was discouraged and And it made me look at my house and hate my house instead of be grateful for my house. And so understanding where you're at. So I actually did a social media clean out from anything that um, made me feel like I wasn't enough or that what I had wasn't enough because it really was like we had plenty. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think just understanding where you're at, at this point in my life, I feel a little bit more secure. I feel a little more confident. Um, I understand that I'm never going to have a house that looks like Studio McGee, but I can appreciate yeah. what they're doing and what they're showing. Um, and so I can follow a few of those yeah. right now. But it's okay for you to say, you know what? I'm. This is a really hard time right now. I'm really struggling with um, my body image. So I'm going to click off all those fitness accounts that I they used to be useful to me. I'm struggling with my body image. I cannot see people with a six-pack abs right now. So I'm going to get rid of those for now and maybe... In a year or two, when you're feeling a little bit better, maybe you add one because you're like, I love her workouts. I would like to see more of that. But just being okay with saying, you know what, this one, this account is bringing me down yeah. or this account brings me up and, and adding more of those. So you see more of what lifts you instead of what beats you down. Right. I love that we have the choice mm-hmm. to choose what we bring into our lives, you know, and that can be good and that can be harmful as well. And one of the best things that Instagram did was add that mute And I don't know if everyone knows about that, but you can mute an account. So you don't, I mean, maybe it's even your sister and you're like, you know what? Your life is rocking right now and you're having the best time ever. And I'm really, really struggling and I can't see all your posts every day. So I'm going to mute you. I'm going to check in every once in a while. And so just really being like intentional and owning like your own feelings and where you're at and not feeling like you have to apologize for that. Everyone's in a different spot and you're going to have one year where everything is going right. And another year when nothing is going right. And 
you're going to need to follow different accounts during those two years. And that's okay. Yeah. In the book, you have a whole section, a chapter about um, kind of the, the harm that we do to ourselves when we compare where we are to what someone else has become. Mm, yes. It's, and I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I just, I would look at people and think, oh, like, how do you already know how to do that? How do you, how are you always already so good at that? Um, without realizing like the time and the energy and the effort that they put into it. And for me, it's realizing, you know, maybe somebody does look at my page and think, wow, like, you know, she, she's a great writer. And I've spent a lot of years honing that craft. And if you've just barely started writing, you have a lot of years um, to get to that point. And, and maybe you don't even love it. So maybe you're going to try it for a year and you're like, you know what? I don't really care. I'm just going to go ahead and put like, you know, Sally went to the park on my picture caption and feel awesome about that. And that's great because you might have another area to be great in. And I'm, and and I'm sure you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's the before and the afters, right? The pictures, it's who we are to who we want to become. And we like, there's just, there's no comparison. I remember thinking like back to when I made my first cake, I couldn't really look at a Martha Stewart cake and expect to be there with my first one. Like that just wouldn't be fair to myself. I'm sure I yes. did it. Yes. I've probably blocked that out. I'm sure I did it, but right. it's not fair to ourselves because it's just like different paths, different times, phases. Well, my sister, she, um, I love something that she tells to her kids. So she has one kiddo who is kind of a perfectionist and gets really bothered when she's not great yeah. at something. Yeah. I and have so one of those. She, <laughs> so she started tennis okay. and she hated it because she wasn't very good. And my sister said to her, she said, okay, so let's think about this. Would it be weirder for you to be awesome at tennis when you've never played tennis? Or is it weirder for you to not be good at tennis when you've never played tennis? And she was like, well, it would be weirder if I was really awesome at tennis, if I'd never played tennis. And she's like, yeah, like we all have to start somewhere, (laughs) you know? Now, if you play it for the next five years and work really hard at it, would it be weird if you weren't good at it? Yeah. But is it weird if you are? No, because you've put in all that time. And so just giving self giving ourselves that grace and that space that we would tell our kids. Yeah. Same thing, you know, like if this is your first go at, at a cake or at a post or at a business, there's a lot to learn. Why are we so hard on ourselves when we can say to our kids these things that we should be saying to ourselves, but we can't, or maybe we do and it doesn't soak in the way that it does in a child's mind. You know, I just, I do think that just having so much excellence all around us is a huge gift, but it also like we have to really temper it mm-hmm. because for instance, I had my first three babies without social media. There, there was no social media. I think Facebook kind of came on the scene, but it was so, you just did what you did. Mm-hmm. And if your neighbor wasn't awesome at it, you didn't even know that everyone else was awesome at it, you know? And now I do think there is so much pressure. I actually like my heart hurts just a little bit for people who have to start their lives, like being so inundated with excellence. And, um, you know, I think about my first apartment and it was not decorated and it was ugly and that's the way it was supposed to be. (laughs) And now, you know, if you're a young married person and you're looking at, you know, these ideal images and you just don't have the money or the time or the experience to make it look like that. And, and we need to be okay with the fact that there is time to grow. And how sad would it be if we had arrived by 24? Yeah. You know, yeah. there's, there's something so exciting about becoming. Well, and there's the stories of the starting, right? Yes. Like the stories that you get to share and there's pride there years later to be able to say, oh my gosh, I remember the budget that I had in college when I first got married and, you know, just scrapping my pennies together. And I yes. thought it was like the greatest thing if I 
um, could just escape from my apartment because I was working from home and go down to Sonic and get a happy hour. And I knew that happy hour, I would have an 89 cents to go get my <laughs> diet Coke. But that was like a splurge because I knew we were just being so tight on our budget. But yes. that's a fun story now to share with my kids. Yes. And if you have everything from the beginning, um, it's harder to appreciate in the end. Yeah. And, and you know, there's so there's just so much growth and there's so much time and it's just not a race, right. you know? Right. So more from Brooke in just a moment. In recent years, I've been more open with you about my mental health struggles than I ever have been with anyone. For so long, my depression and anxiety were things I were ashamed of and embarrassed by. I've learned little by little, however, how important it is to open up and share our experiences because there's a hundred percent chance someone else is going through something and we can both benefit from sharing. As part of my mental health journey, I've been a huge proponent of therapy. It's something I started at 19 and continue to do today. I know it's not always easy to find a therapist or even find the time to go to an appointment. So when I heard about BetterHelp, I knew it was something I had to tell you guys about. BetterHelp is a safe online environment for you to talk to a professional therapist. No leaving your house, no waiting rooms, and no paying pricey bills. You can even message your therapist at any time. Of course, everything you share is confidential. You'll see they specialize in so many different areas. Depression, family issues, grief, self-esteem, relationships, sleeping, and so much more. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash beyond cake. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash beyond cake. One of the things that, you know, I, I guess it's part of the whole learning process, but as I was reading your book and as I've been thinking about my last few years, I wish I was more comfortable in my own skin years ago. Oh, yes. Right? Like I wish, if there was anything I could change, I wish I could just give myself this like added measure of confidence in a way. Yeah. Just to be more comfortable with who I am. Mm -hmm. And several of your stories made me think of it, but one in particular was your friend, Jenny. And you tell a story about her and how she made you realize like, I'm going to be comfortable with who I am. Tell us that story and what change that made. So, um, we moved to Michigan, um, for my husband to go to graduate school. And, um, there's a lot of background there, but we were in the middle of building a new, beautiful home and, um, the market crashed. And so we picked everything up and walked out on that house and went to Michigan. And, um, we were in student housing and I had all these ideas of what an ideal mom and an ideal home and an ideal life and how your kids dressed and, and what that meant um, and how that reflected on you. And I met Jenny and she was so comfortable with living in the, you know, I was embarrassed that this is where we were living. This was like a, a step down and it was very like humbling. And she loved where they lived. It, these are teeny, teeny, tiny apartments from so, so long ago. They looked yeah. like the the wood looks like it's been burned for years. And, and she loved it all. And she loved her kids and she loved being a mother. And she wasn't looking for all this outside validation because she had it inside of her. She was doing all of the things that she knew would, would make her happy, would make her family happy. And, you know, one day she took us to, she said, Hey, do you guys want to do this? Come to the recycle store with us. And I'm like the recycle store, what are we going to do there? So we spent money on all this junk 
And then we brought it to her apartment and we dumped it on the floor and we had little kids and she's giving them hot glue guns and letting them create all these things. And I just could not believe that you would like choose to make these messes and let little kids touch hot glue. And she just opened my eyes to just being present and, Mm -hmm. and enjoying and allowing our kids to discover themselves and allowing us to, to put aside all those things that look good or we think we have to have and instead favor those like real connective moments. And I'm so, I am so grateful for her. She changed my entire perspective on motherhood. And one of the things that's important is that I wasn't just like her. Like I did not let my kid do a lot of things that she let her kids do, but she taught me so much. And I pulled what I loved from her and what I knew would still fit with me. Yeah. Um, and she just, yeah, she changed my whole perspective on motherhood. And I'm so grateful she did because having four boys doesn't allow for a ton of perfection yeah. in, in life or motherhood if you right. want to be able to enjoy it along the way. Yeah. And have them enjoy it. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like you. she was so inspiring. And even I remember saying, hey, you know, do you want to trade kids? I'll take yours and you can take mine. And she was like, you know what? I'm actually fine, but your kids are welcome to come over. And I'm like, what? Don't you want to go to Sam's club by yourself? And she was like, oh no, we, I love taking four boys in a cart to Sam's club. It's such an adventure. And I was like, okay, I will never be you, but I love the perspective that she gave me where I thought, could I enjoy these moments more? Like, could I be less rushed, less hurried, less like set to my ideal or my schedule and just really embrace this time that I have with my kids. And I love that thought too, that you had rather than say, I will never be you. Oh, and poor me. I can never be you. Yes. Like I'm such a bad mom because I don't want my kids around all the time. Yes. You're saying to yourself, okay, I'm not going to be you fully, Mm -hmm. but this is what I've learned for you. And this is how can I, I can apply it. Like I, and you talk about that in your book, like how we can learn from each other. If we open up, if we share our heart, if we're willing to share our talents with others, And also one of my favorite lines is like, be the woman who scoots over to save room, right? Like to give room on the pew at church or a chair, wherever it may be, like be the woman to make room for someone else. I think it's so easy as we get older to get kind of set in our ways or just get comfortable that, Mm -hmm. oh, yay, I, I don't have to work so hard for friends or I don't have to go out of my way. And just remembering like how many women, men are starving for connection, are feeling lonely, um, just because we're adults doesn't mean that that person doesn't feel left out. Like we should be the people we hope our kids are going to be. And we should be looking and scooting over. And even if someone is annoying and even if someone is hard and even if someone is closed and even if someone drives you crazy, I love Brene Brown's quote of people are hard to hate up close. Yeah. And like the minute you understand someone's story, you're like, oh, that's why you're annoying. Okay. Cool. Like I can deal with that. Like you appreciate them for who they are, like for who they are, because you have an understanding oh wait, you, you just are this person. And yes. okay. There's some of it totally like you kind of get annoyed, but I know I get you now. Yeah. And like, I appreciate I get you. Yeah. And, and I want, and I want you to feel loved and I want yeah. you to feel like a part of a community. And sometimes it's more important. Like my comfort is less important than me doing what the world needs me to do. Yeah. And you know, I have to say, sometimes you're like, I'd really rather go hang out with my four super close friends at this party. But there's that girl who's been sitting like in the corner the whole time and she doesn't yeah. know anyone. So I can catch up with those four friends tomorrow and this girl needs me right now. And so just understanding like, and being aware and being okay with saying, you know what, today's one of those days that like, I'm going to give of myself instead of, instead of just like 
enjoy myself. Because you've been in that moment. There was a story you shared about being somewhere and being the only person at the table. Oh man, relate, hand up in the air. (laughs) I was like, been there. It was painful. It'd been a long time since I had felt so alone. Yeah. And it was, you know, I feel like it was God's way of reminding me because I had just started to get comfortable and it was God's way of reminding me like, Hey, like you're not here just to have a nice life. You're not here to just be comfortable, but you're here for a bigger purpose. And sometimes that purpose is to reach out. We had a moment like that with Weston over the summer where tried to call friends, go to the pool with us, or maybe this was last summer, but uh, anyway, long story short, nobody answered. We get to the pool and all his friends were there. That was so painful. The only one, he was the only one. It was the first time. It was the summer actually. And it was totally on accident. You yeah. know that they probably thought like, oh, did so-and-so call Weston? Did so-and-so? Totally. It happens, right? Yeah. But in that moment, I remember seeing the pain and sadness in Weston's eyes and just like, oh my gosh, I can't even fix this. There's like yeah. literally nothing I can do to fix this. Right. And he just wanted to go home and he didn't want to be there, you know, but that was a moment that we have talked about so many times since. Yeah. It has been one of the best experiences, as painful as it was, right, to see him hurt so bad, but for him to realize how bad that hurt, he doesn't want to make other people feel that way, yeah. you know, so there's times it's like, okay, we're, we're going to all do this, and like, have you thought of so, so, you know, X, yes. Y, and Z, these people, right. and he's like, no, but we didn't really want, I was like, whoa, 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 but did you think about them? And maybe we should just ask, like, yeah. remember. And he said it in front of his friends. He's like, oh yeah, no, I remember when I got totally left out. Like, let's make sure we call him. But it was- Which is so awesome. Yeah. And I think we all need to be in that spot every once in a while, just mm-hmm. to remind ourselves of how yeah. important those connections are and just feeling like a part of something. And I think, especially like through this year and yeah. I don't know, loneliness is definitely at the forefront of my mind. And even people who usually have friends or usually have connections, and then they just don't have them right now. And you know, if there's someone that pops into your mind right now, like I need to reach out, I need to check in. Um, don't, yeah. don't put those feelings away. Yeah. Um, I, I've learned personally the importance and the blessings of opening up about our heart, but you talk specifically about not just sharing like our talents and the things that we learn and like the fun things in life, but being willing to really open up and share like the deep, hard stuff. What have you learned about the importance of that? So... I've learned so, this is something that I've learned so much about, but, um, the first thing is, is no one can really connect with you if you're always perfect. And the idea that we don't want people to see our heart or our struggle or even know about it, um, is that will keep you from building close relationships. Um, if you think about the people you love the most in your life, they're not the people that have it all together and never show a sign of, you know, weakness ever. The people you love the most are the people that you feel connected to. And it's because they've been able to share their heart with you. Um, I remember one time going through something really difficult with one of my kids and it was something that I just felt like I couldn't share. And, um, and I just felt like no one would understand. And there's a woman in my neighborhood whose youngest child is the age of my oldest child. And then her three older ones are all married and rocking life and great schools. And then her youngest one's just so awesome. And I just was like, oh, well, she just has this incredible life and she did all the right things as a parent and no one ever struggled and like so awesome to have that family, you know? And, and so I was, but I was in a really rough moment and I ended up opening up to her and she was like, oh yeah, we went through a lot of that with my oldest son. And I was like, wait, what? Your family's perfect. Wait, you guys struggled. And it was just so validating. And it helped me so much to see like, oh, someone can struggle 
in their teenage years and then be so awesome as an adult. And just being able to share some of the things that we were going through just like made me feel significantly closer to her. And if I would have shared all that and she would have been like, oh yeah, that sounds really hard. I'm so sorry. But she chose to open up and share something that maybe she wasn't super comfortable sharing. Um, but that's the only way we have real relationships. And knowing everything or always having the right answer is not what you need in a friend. You need someone who's empathetic, who's willing to open up and and maybe even more sometimes with like the really hard stuff. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's so important, especially right now where we love social media. We're on it all the time. It's easy to access and think we're making connections. And I hope we're making connections right. on social media. I really hope we are. Um, I seek to make connections there, but it's the in-person connections that we really need. Those are the ones that are deep and that are lasting and that are going right. to be really meaningful. Yeah. And I think it's so true, you know, that you have to balance the time that you spend like virtually mm -hmm. with the time that you spend in person. And you, you know this because you do a lot of it for your work. And sometimes I get caught up in my work and making connections that way. Yeah. And they're very valuable connections, but to not forget your neighbor or the friend down the street or your sister who yeah. actually needs those in-person in and, and you do too, yeah. you know, yeah. like don't forget how important those are to you. Yeah. They fuel everyone involved, yeah. I think. And in the book, we're talking a lot about connections. I mean, we're connecting with ourselves in a way. Mm -hmm. We're connecting to the women in our lives, yep. our children. You also talk about connecting with Christ mm -hmm. in many different ways. And Christ comes up and being Christian and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it hit home to me. I related to that. Um, but it's not necessarily a religious book by any means. There's just kind of some touches of Christ. And towards the end, you had a chapter that really resonated with me about we all have a story. And in this chapter, you specifically talked about kind of how at one point in your life, you felt like discipleship should look a certain way. Yeah. And oh my heck. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Brooke, if I had, yes, I had been there for most of my life where I had thought there's molds of like the most perfect woman and businesswoman and things that way, but like never had I really felt not in the right mold, not perfect as I have in the gospel of Jesus Christ, where that should be a place for everyone as I have learned. But why was this chapter important for you to include? And tell us a little bit what you mean about like everyone has a story and why we shouldn't have this kind of concocted mold of discipleship. Well, I think it's just so interesting that most of us have, you know, you have this woman who does all the right things and looks the right way mm -hmm. and says all the right things. And one of the things that happened to me as I moved around different places, I realized how many disciples of Christ there are who look and talk and think and act completely different from one another. Yeah. And I think that if we're being honest, that is what it's supposed to be. And I had this mold and this idea of, of what a perfect Christian LDS woman would look like. And um, all of a sudden, when some of my thoughts were different from that, or when I thought, oh, I don't really like this. You know, mm -hmm. somebody would say, talk about how much they loved a portion of the gospel or how it just resonated with them. And I thought, yeah. huh, <laughs> I don't really love that part. That's yeah. just kind of a going through the motions part for me or whatever. Yeah. And then realizing that I had so many gifts to share when it comes to being a disciple of Christ, that I reach people that this woman doesn't reach. And that's mm -hmm. the whole point of it all. 
and just embracing that story. And instead of feeling excluded because you're different, um, feeling so incredibly necessary because you're different. And I just know so many people who say, well, this part doesn't work for me, or I don't like this, or I don't feel like she does. Um, and that is no reason to think that you don't belong. Yeah. And even when you think about the people that Christ brought into his circle, they were so different for a reason is because we can only do his work if we can reach people and you reach people I don't reach. And my husband reaches people that I don't reach. And it's so important for us to just embrace that story. And I heard um, a really great talk once about doctrine versus action. And doctrine um, is constant and unchanging, but the interpretation of that in our daily actions is very, very different. And for the first time in a long time, I became okay with that, that this person interprets this doctrine to mean this action. And I interpret this doctrine to mean this action. And I'm just so grateful now that there's so many different ideas and viewpoints and people so that we don't all feel like we have to fit a mold that we honestly, I don't think anyone fits. Yeah. There's so much variety and there's variety for a reason. And I love it. And that's just... It was a good aha moment for me when I finally discovered that. I love that you included that in the book as well, because I think it was a great reminder to all of us. Um, but why also was it important to to have Christ as part of this book? Like, what does that relationship do to the theme of our self-worth and how we feel and how we like ourselves? So it's interesting because as I was writing the book, I teetered back and forth between making it just self-help or making it like a spiritual self-help. And what I realized is there is no self-help for me without Christ. There is no understanding of myself and who I am now and who I can be without him because he provides that for me. Um, And he provides that like constant love and acceptance, even when I'm not who I'm supposed to be. And for people who don't feel that or feel only judgment or feel that is a hard, hard place to be and a hard place to get out of until you open your heart up to saying, I can't be everything I'm supposed to be without him. And so it was um, as I was writing and thinking, oh, should I take this out? Should I add this in? And I thought, you know, it really wouldn't be an honest book for me without including Christ. And I think there's a lot of truths that people maybe who, who don't believe could get out of it and great um, points and oh, motivation. Yeah. Um, but by adding him into the equation, for me, that becomes truth. So, well, there's so many relatable, vulnerable stories that you share so much goodness and insight from your learnings and the things that you've learned from the people around you. I'm so excited for everyone listening to go get this book. So tell us where can we buy? I like me anyway. Um, and where can we follow along on more of your journey and your writing and your tips and learning and all Awesome. So you can get it on Amazon. You can just search. I like me anyway, Brooke Romney. And then I'm most active on Instagram at Brooke Romney writes. And then, um, my website's brookromney.com, which has a lot of past articles and past insights. If you would prefer to do it that way. I love it. Okay. Before I let you go, uh, will you give us kind of like three things that we can start doing right now to help improve our self-worth or help us find kind of maybe what we're excited about that will then lead to developing and finding our self-worth. I would love to. So the first thing I would have you do is write down what excites you or what you're good at. So take a minute to do that. 
um, find someone to learn from, whether that's online or in person, um, find someone to learn from. And then the last thing is start having more undistracted presence with the people in your life, whether it's with a friend or with your kids, taking that time to remove yourself from an online world or from busyness and just understanding, um, just really being present with people or with God or with yourself and see how that changes you in the next little bit. I love that. And there was a whole, we didn't even talk about it, but there was a whole section about why we shouldn't glorify, um, multitasking and, yes. and all the things that we do and really focus more on being present and glorifying the presence, right? Like yeah. talking more about that. So you guys will love those chapters. Brooke, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Oh, you guys. Okay. So head over to brookromney.com and then Brooke Romney writes uh, on Instagram and grab this book as a gift for yourself. You're absolutely going to love it. Thank you. Thanks, friends, for tuning in today. For show notes and other episodes of Courtney Beyond the Cake, head to cakebycourtney.com forward slash podcast. And for all things cake, remember, you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cake by Courtney. And for all my recipes, products, information about my online classes, just head to cakebycourtney.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.